Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wrestler Review. My name, John Hastings. His name, Dylan Gott. Let's talk about Stephanie McMahon during the invasion. Go ahead, Dylan. <laughs> Whoa, this is the, that is the quickest start. We got a lot to get through. It is pre-9-11 um, when this saga starts. And you know what that means? All of the news media is basically like, women are whores. Let's put our cum in their butts. Oh, this is just after 9 No, wait. No. Invasion starts pre-9-11 and then goes through 9-11. It was the great... Wow. Yeah. It... Oh, yeah. Ju- All right, so July 9th. An argument could be made that Al-Qaeda was trying to stop the invasion angle from happening. <laughs> Here's what We happened, don't know baby. where that fourth plane was heading. It could have been headed to Titan Tower, and they were just like, Jesus fucking Christ, how could they fuck this up so badly? So what happens was July 9th, uh, if you haven't seen the angle, it's really, really cool. I mean, it really gave me one night of chills when I was a 16-year-old. Mm. But what happens is uh, you got some people in the ring, right? Yeah. I believe it was the triple threat match. Don't act like you don't know exactly who was in the ring. I, I, I forget who was in the ring. It was, what was it, Mike Awesome? It was mm, the Dudleys? No, no, no. Kane. No, Kane was definitely in the ring. Kane was in the ring. I the Dudleys were in the ring. The Dudleys were in the ring. I don't think Mike Awesome was in the ring. Um, but anyway. It was some sort of WWF match. WCW interfered. Then a bunch of WWE guys that were ex-CCW guys interfered. Paul Heyman's on the mic. They do a square off where it's like it just happens that you don't really realize it. If you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't have seen it at the time, which is the greatest type of angles. But it's like it's three on three. It happens that... Um, Three WCW guys are all XECW guys, and then uh, there's two WWF guys who are just WWF guys, and then one dude who used to be an ECW. They turn their back. The WCW guys turn WWF guys turn their back and face towards the ECW guys, and then you can see the WWF guys singing, "What's going on here?" They all attack him, and Jr. goes nuts. Paul Heyman on commentary starts cutting a promo and gets in the ring the crowd pops and ecw is back and for one for one night you're like holy shit what is gonna happen and then they ruin it the next week in this moment this this could have this could have literally been a way to extend the invasion of wcw and ecw past when all of the contracts of the main wcw players were held all they had to do was start talking about ECW and WCW. We're only together and have a fractious sort of infighting between. We're only in this to defeat the WWE and play it out and do it long game. Because in the end, the reason why the WCW invasion was shitty is because they had bad WCW talent and couldn't get good WCW talent because they were all under Turner contracts. They should have either held yeah. off for a fucking year and then they would have had everybody. They should, or they should have done what Jim Cornette suggested, which is actually brilliant, which is you bring in as a stopgap the old NWA guys that are were also associated with WCW, like Dusty Rhodes, Terry Funk, that Vince McMahon all had hatred for, and that there were the, those old guys. Then you can bring in Ric Flair and have it being this rolling thing that happens for years and then pays off at a WrestleMania. They do none of that. Instead, they have this one. Um, it is the best part of the invasion by far. You literally you get hard and you come. You don't even jack. It is the best part of the invasion and much like everything. And I'm counting all the other great parts of the invasion. Buff Bagwell being on Raw and his mom calling Ooh, that was calling in sick to Jim Ross and Jim Ross discussing how um, she can call him to wish him a happy uh, Groundhog Day, but she can never call him to talk about her boy. That was great. The fact that uh, Diamond Dallas Page hugged Vince McMahon and said, we're finally together now, also great. Number one best thing, <laughs> uh, in an airport. Did that in an airport. God damn, I love Diamond Dallas Page. He's every, he is every mom, he's every divorced mom's third boyfriend, isn't he? The one they date after the second marriage falls apart. His name's Dallas. I think he's a step. I think he's a good stepdad because he's just so nice. That's yeah, but that's not de- but stepdad. Clearly, that, as a that's not stepdad past. one. That's stepdad two. That's not like that's not immediate post divorce boyfriend. This is like settles down, nice man, wears a lot of fleeces, 
says things like, I'm not here to be a parent, buddy, but I just want to let you know, I'm going to have to let your mom know about this. That's Diamond Dallas Page as a stepfather. <laughs> I think he's like the guy, he's the guy, just like, uh, hey, man, you're so nice. Physical fitness is important. And you know what? You're not, of course, you look, you can look any way you want, but for your heart, for your life, it's probably better that you get out there and do some yoga with me. Oh, nice. What was your job? before a uh, yoga instructor strip club bouncer okay yeah <laughs> i don't want to know about anything yeah diamond dallas page i would love to learn about the first part of that man's life where he just owned nightclubs because he much like teddy long got into wrestling just by being cool stephanie mcmahon was born with the crown on already like Di- diamond dallas page just like Really impressed the Road Warriors, which I don't know how you do that. That guy got cocaine out of a garbage can. He just found it. One reach in. By the way, like, Diamond Dallas Page started wrestling at the, like, older than we are now. Gives me hope. We could be, we could both be world champions in AEW just by, like, being cool around Cody Rhodes. I mean, I, that is possible to, like, that second. This is dating the show that we're recording this very early, but I've watched a bit of Firefest. Oh, man. Like, we are, they really need to pull the nose of this plane up because yiper diapers were a couple of those things being like, man, TNA in 2005 was fun. Ah, uh, uh, well, you shouldn't talk about something that's now months old. Well, <laughs> but, but I mean, all right, so here's what happens Stephanie McMahon comes out the next week. Is she wearing a Kangol hat backwards? Oh, yes, she is. Oh, yes, she is. Oh, man. You remember Backwards Kangle Hats? I just watched a bit of Jackie Brown last night. Oh, yes, you did. And I was like, man, it sucks that, like, it seems like there's, like, a meeting of people that are very beautiful, and they were just like, how about this? Backwards visors. Why? I don't know. I want to see an ugly person in a backwards visor. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Like... Just some of the shit people get off the ground. Just, like, watching all these, like, I know I would have done it too, which is the funniest part, but, like, the fanny packs, but you wear them across their chest. Like, if I was 17, I would for sure just be in a full Adidas tracksuit with a fanny pack across my chest. And there'd be pictures of it everywhere. You know that that's that's back in, and I do not like it. No, that's what I mean. Like, okay. Like, there's... There's picture. There's like I think there's like four pictures of me in like a full jean baggy exhibit suit, like that with the jean jacket and the big pants. I think there's four pictures of me, and I think I burnt them. <laughs> Did you actually? But like there'd be like an entire Instagram account that I would just have to delete, but all my friends would have screen capped <laughs> of me in like tight, tight track pants. With a fanny pack across my chest. And just a shirt that said, like, believe it. This kid, Mike Sove, who was like that kid in our grade that was like just a hormonal genetic freak. And just like, I remember he had like a hairy chest when we were like 10. So either he was way older than us and just didn't mention it. He was fucking crazy. But every day at the playground, he would make someone put on, help him put on his FUBU baseball jersey. And then he would say, there you go. Now welcome the new and improved Mike Sove. <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like something Iron Mike Sharp would say before he got like DDT'd and lost. I get so fucking crazy that that guy that guy was just he was That's so funny. Yeah, didn't go to our high school, but didn't like some of the kids that did. So sometimes on a Saturday would just drive around, try and find people that he vaguely remembered from elementary school, get them in the car, and then he'd be like, "Let's go hit the people we don't like with our car," and then he would drive around. Find them. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have mentioned his name at the top of this. Dylan, uh, remove the last name in editing process. Thank you very much. Anyway. I, this is what happens when we record this far ahead, John. I can't. Uh, <laughs> too many notes. <laughs> um, whatever you say is what you say on these. Mm. Uh, September 10th. The day before 9-11, everybody. The day before nine eleven, what happens? We are, t- we are less than 12 hours away from the World Trade Center no longer existing, and something just as bad happens, which is 
The Rock has to have a match with Test, and he defeats Stephanie McMahon Helmsley and Test in a handicap match. Why? No, and then what happens? Th- what happens the following week on September seventeenth, as the nation is six days healed? Uh, the uh, following week, Test and Stephanie won a rematch. Test w- wins. Yeah, with Stephanie. Be- Test beats The Rock. Yeah, with o- Stephanie being the only woman to ever pin The Rock. How is this not brought up every time? Like. I'm surprised Vince McMahon doesn't just have this playing on a loop projected in front of the Rock's house. Ha ha! A girl beat you! Ha ha ha! Well, the Rock is a lot like Ric Flair in that way, where he was so good at the mic, on the mic, and so good at, like, basically getting over people on promos that you just lost all the time to anyone. Here's the other thing, by the way, with Stephanie joining the Alliance and making the invasion all about the McMahons. It really took away from the whole... It made it a bit logical, but it took away from the entire thing because now it was clearly just let's get this over with quickly and not extend it out for a full-length invasion. That said, Stephanie... This was Stephanie at her peak spoiled bitch because she's wearing weird leather trousers. She's yelling in the microphone. At, At every opportunity, usually on a SmackDown, she would just slap Linda McMahon in the face. Well, it was also that it it betrayed the entire premise of what we had known about the invasion. Uh, I'm sorry, about both companies, which is WCW teaming with ECW uh, may have made sense to someone who didn't ever watch ECW, but if you watched ECW, literally the only thing any of these guys would complain about. like It was kind of like if you left ECW for WWF, everyone would be like, I mean, okay, that sucks, but it happens. If you left for WCW, then they would burn your car in the parking lot because ECW made its bones off of Shane Douglas challenging Ric Flair to fights and Heyman just coming out and just yelling at WCW. You know, obviously the Mon- the Monday NyQuil sketches that Austin did, like, a number one enemy was WCW, these fucking hicks who don't know what they're doing. They have so much money, but they're shit. Like, yeah, but the other reason was that was the ECW was secretly the WWE developmental territory. Exactly, and that's that's the reason why that was for. But I'm just saying that like ECW teaming up with WCW is just them ignoring his the history of the company, which was basically we were they were formed on uh, Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock being a piece of paper that just had a like. Ric Flair's face on it with duty on it. <laughs> Wipe your ass with some duty. Also, let's get some Radiohead toilet paper like the Kid Rock video. You know what I'm saying? Three people know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I know exactly. What that, man, early 2000s was the <laughs> best where Kid Rock was so fucking famous. He had so many number one songs and yeah, hated like Radiohead and what and didn't like and this is also still in a time where you could just be like rap is crap and a good portion of the world would be like goddamn right stupid black people even though he was rapping yeah that's the best part so October 22nd episode of Raw Vince Linda challenged Shane and Stephanie to a winner take all match here's the weird thing is because Vince is a uh Vince is a heel but the WWF obviously is a baby face Shane was the babyface, so he was set up, but WCW is the heel. Like, obviously, the WWF crowd isn't going to cheer for WCW, and Stephanie was a heel. So it's like the invasion angle is really disjointed from the beginning. Yeah, it's I. the one thing I could say is the argument of putting... If you're going to do it the same, bring ECW in, ECW is going to get a huge pop, also because their base of fans are all based in... The same area where ECW was, so a lot of those fans loved ECW, also watched it. Yeah. By putting Stephanie with it, it means that ECW are now bad guys and s- sellouts. But they could have just extended the invasion. They could have had ECW invade WWF first and had WCW as sort of like, is WCW behind it? No one will ever know. That sort of stuff. It gets really fucking weird. It's again, it's one of those things. We could talk more and more about the invasion. That said, the invasion has really been done to death. So Shane, Stephanie McMahon's main role in the invasion throughout all of this is basically she's the screechy, mean, spoiled bitch of the invasion. They call her the princess of hardcore. Paul Heyman kind of acts like the Renfeld, Ringfield? Renfield? Renfield to her Dracula she comes out and just yells sort of shit. It's also not really explained 
clearly her and Triple H are separated, but they can't really go into it because Triple H isn't around because he's injured. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's it's just it's an odd fucking situation in general. Um, and um, yeah, what are your thoughts totally on Stephanie being in the invasion? And then we can talk about it was terrible. It was terrible because she was Shane. People liked Shane. People don't think about this, but like when. <laughs> Shane McMahon came back. There were a lot of Attitude Era fans and a lot of people who saw him jump off of <laughs> the Empire State Building onto a bunch of knives who were like, oh, Shane, great. We get to see some uh, some jumping in slush pants, you know? But Stephanie, no one really likes Stephanie. <laughs> like, Well, here's the thing is Stephanie is absolutely a product of her environment and somehow Shane is not. Yeah, Shane. Well, I think it's kind of like... Um, psychoanalyze it a bit it seems like shane was always told you're the king do whatever you want whereas stephanie was told act like this and that seems like now why she's such a high achiever and shane is like not that he's not a high achiever i mean you'd be hard pressed to not be i mean he's a freaking he could have woke up blinked twice and then died and he would have died a millionaire because of what his dad did right but stephanie just She's. I think she's really good on the mic now, but during this period, 2001, she's still taking time to get it, you know? But you think, this is one thing whenever, when anyone says, like, oh, they gotta have, like, now, I should save this for a later episode, but now when they're like, oh, thank God Stephanie's out there, I just get angry because I'm like, yeah, but you guys always pull the plug on people who aren't, don't have that much charisma and you go oh we gotta pull the plug it's like literally stephanie didn't have that much charisma and you put like fucking 10 years of work into her before she started paying off like that's an unreal amount of time to put into something while it's still developing um but she she's obviously working with ecw this is where the invasion angle really jumps the shark because WWF has to deal with defections such as kurt angle because it goes to wcw um, they have a feud with The Rock and Chris Jericho over the WCW title. There's a mole in the Alliance, if you remember that. If you remember that fun team. Yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that, and I remember hating it. I just remember, like, because the mole turned out to be Kurt Angle, which is like, of course. Yeah. Uh, the Alliance team, consisting of her brother Shane, Booker T, Robin Dam, and Kurt Angle. Robin Dam, Kurt Angle, and Steve Austin were defeated by Team WWF, which was The Undertaker, Kane, Big Show, Chris Jericho, and The Rock. Snore! And, yeah, that's how it ends. Uh, is Stone Cold Steve Austin is a heel. Never forget that. Following night on Raw, Stephanie and Shane were invited to the ring by Vince. Shane admitted defeat and left quietly. Stephanie whined and cried and was thrown out of the building. So that's how they were. And then what happened? Showed. Then there's just an important thing. By them leaving... And this house shows that they should have just fucking waited. Ric Flair comes out. You're telling me yeah, you could Rick have Flair had Ric Flair if you just fucking waited, you fucking assholes. Because Ric Flair leading the invasion, that changes everything. Yeah, it really gives proper context to uh, absolutely everything. <laughs> because fucking Ric Flair doing all the talking for all of those guys, oh my god, it would have been fucking amazing. And also, if Ric Flair is near Stephanie McMahon. He is talking about how he's having sex with Stephanie McMahon on a microphone, which would have just been the most 2001 WWE thing in the entire world. Ric Flair in a do-rag and a purple robe with an ECW t-shirt on, screaming (laughs) that uh, Vince McMahon's little girl just uh, um, uh, rode Space Mountain and then he humps the, the ring ropes. And then um, drops an elbow and then talks about how Rhino is his new drinking partner. And um, Rhino's so good at drinking kamikaze, he's going he's gonna to gore somebody into sobriety. Like, it would be so, it would have been, right there, the invasion is so much better watched by so many more people. As opposed to Sean Stasiak being their heavy and everyone being upset. Yes. But, that, yeah, and the other thing is you have uh, Ric Flair come out and uh talk about the thing that he talks about the most other uh, literally the thing he talks about even more than how much money i have and how these loafers are amazing is the nwa's title heritage and you would just get that for six months and exactly like 
revisiting the invasion angle as many times as we have is just mind-numbing how like they messed up the biggest layup in the history of pro wrestling it's not even they they messed up the biggest layup but they did it in, in shockingly the most bass awkward stupid way which was Okay, all I gotta do, all I gotta do is put this basketball in the basket. But first, I'm gonna dismantle the basket and replace it with a hockey uh, goal. Um, then you can't actually put the basketball in the basket. Oh no, no, no I can though. You don't understand that I like hockey better. So if we play hockey. I'll be better at basketball. No, that's not how the logic works, actually. <laughs> um, I think you'll find it does, because I make movies. Uh, Vince, you do not make movies. You essentially were a shrewd businessman who saw a guy from Rocky Three and were like, we'll build everything around him, because people will be like, the guy from Rocky Three." And then 25, 30 years later, you hired... Um, a uh, second-rate television producer and noted fraudster to run your company, and I guarantee both of them will be fired within eight months. Yeah, and it's a lot, of, but I mean, it, it's very simple where it's like you want to put your stamp on something, but you don't need to because it's all straight-ahead creative. So I kind of get it, like someone who fancies themselves creative, like, oh, here's what I'm going to do with this with this idea, and then you just got to... I, abso- like, no, man, I know, I absolutely disagree. It's not straight ahead, but there are certain things that everyone... It's. I can't believe I'm going to fucking say this, but Chekhov's gun, the rule is, is that if you sh- introduce a gun at the beginning of a story, that means the gun needs to be shot by the end of the story. So what you're saying is... Vince McMahon, I thought was gonna the WWF was gonna bring Eric Bischoff into the ring and shoot him in the head. <laughs> no, what? No, I thought. We, here's what you're saying: is this is this is the thing to ruin the invasion for me? Was that they introduced Buff Bagwell, but then where did he go? Thank you. Exactly. Why didn't he? He should have been coming out the night after WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm back, baby. The invasion's back on. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been so good. Buff Bagwell comes out. No, Riggs, Scotty Riggs comes out, and then the crowd is a buzz because they know Buff's not that too far away. Yeah, Sco- yeah. And then Scotty Riggs gets beat up. Bug co- Buff comes out. Blockbusters, Stone Cold, and The Rock at the same time takes the championship. Slits both their throats like really actually they die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then then the invasion starts again. Yeah. And it's just Judy it's just Judy Bagwell, Vince Russo in a Ric Flair robe, and Buff yeah. Bagwell. Yeah. And for some reason Vince is like, Ah, Vince is back. You're in charge of the book. Thanks, bro. Okay, I'm God now. Everyone's gay and that's bad. And then he tries to kill everyone in attendance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Vince Puts on blackface every week and forms a team with O.J. Simpson. <laughs> There's your invasion angle. Uh, just and then he, they, they call themselves the Harlem Heat. <laughs> and you redo Harlem Heat 2000. Just, That's good. Just with Ahmed Johnson, but he's dressed up like Ron Goldman. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You reenact the trial of the century <laughs> after seven years and call them the Harlem Heat 2000. Yeah. That's how it should that go, should baby. Fucking... So... We're going to talk about post-invasion angles, Stephanie, um, and the wackiness that was that because... I just want... Can we, before we go to the break, can we just get, give an update on her and Triple H's relationship? Yeah, of course. Let's do All it. All right. So, the tail end of 2001, uh, the World Trade Centers are still on fire. Burning embers are everywhere. I'll tell you something else that's hot, and that is the love triangle between China, Paul Levesque, and Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> They're still finding people at ground zero, and baby, no one gives a shit because <laughs> China, yeah. I, if, Stephanie, and Triple H are doing the thing. Maybe if some of those firemen hadn't died, they could have put out the fire that was the relationship between Paul Levesque, China, and Stephanie McMahon. Uh, when you're right, you're right, John. So here's what basically happened. Uh, China claims Triple H and her were engaged during the McMahon-Helmsley takeover. Uh, six months into the storyline, um, Paul... Oh, a.k.a. Triple H, would come home, start heated arguments with China for no reason, and leave for days. Um, One day after he left, he left a Halliburton briefcase uh, that uh, China had given him in the house. Uh, She says, I'm not one to be stooping, but she opened it up and found a bunch of love letters uh, that Stephanie had wrote him a year earlier saying that she was in love with him. China called up Vince and told him what uh, told him what China had found. He replied that the jig's up, which is just like if that's true, what a horrible man. That's so funny. Your daughter's fucking my fiance. Yeah, what else is new? 
guess the apple doesn't fall too far from the fucking tree, but she's doing it wrong because the man in the relationship is supposed to cheat and the woman's supposed to be a filthy whore I met in Times Square. I got the clap so bad, uh, China, that it actually manifests itself as the wrestler <laughs> Dino Bravo. <laughs> also, I don't understand the wrestler aesthetic. What this was actually big was that you would have a Halliburton? I mean, you're forgetting... No, no, but it's 2001. You were forgetting the fashion of late 90s into the 2000s. I remember, like, briefcases for a minute were really cool, as were obnoxiously baggy track pants. Like, they were, that was cool at the same time. It was the beginning of the, like, I'm in business, but I'm not really, like, but I'm in cool business. Triple H is wearing a skin tight t shirt with baggy pants and has a Halliburton with a backwards Kangol hat. He just looks like. He they like I know I mentioned it earlier, but he legit saw Jackie Brown and he went that, but for muscle heads. That was his fucking aesthetic. He was shooting. I mean, for you're a hundred percent right. He is trying to just be Samuel Jackson and Jackie Brown. Yeah. Also, best part of Jackie Brown is for some reason at that time period, Samuel Jackson was really obsessed with the Toronto Raptors, and so he just for no reason points out that he has a Raptor bag. It's <laughs> just one thing that I always remember. Oh, because. He was the first celebrity, and actually, if you if you want my two cents, I'll give you four because uh, better, the best celebrity uh, endorser we ever had was Samuel L. Jackson because he was good friends with Isaiah Thomas, who was part owner of the team at the time. So he said, "Yeah, I'll show up to games and just fucking be on the sidelines because this is an expansion team, and the players you have uh, are all just uh, guys from uh, guys who no one would hire, <laughs> either too fat or too short." And there's no, like, Bad News Bears part of this team where they bound together. No, they just sucked because you need to be in shape and tall to play basketball. Yeah, here's the, here's the yeah, some t teams it's like, ooh, they're the Bad News Bears. The early Raptors were just bad news. <laughs> yeah, literally, there was a guy who uh, it was, like, halfway through their season. Um, I think he still holds the Raptors record for most steals in a game. Alvin Robertson? Anyway, look up Alvin Robertson. We did an episode on Buck Zumoff, and I don't even want to tell you what that guy did. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He really wanted it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he really... <laughs> not a good guy. <laughs> not good. So we're going to talk a bit more about uh, China and Triple H's... Uh, China, Triple H, and Stephanie McMahon's love triangle after the break uh where well, you're gonna hear not one but wait a minute what when is this one coming out no i yeah i think two ads i don't know we're still maybe still doing the edinburgh ad as well enjoy mm, dylan got uses the n-word we need money for lawyers donate to patreon minimum donation five dollars maximum donation suck job oh what a great show you're listening to halfway done time for some fun I, I hate this uh hey everybody come and see my edinburgh show at the edinburgh french festival every day at 9 30 at the monkey barrel 2 please buy tickets uh, ahead of time tickets are surprisingly moving which is not something i'm used to in my career and then stick around at 11 o'clock i'm watching wrestling and doing comedy and commentary with cole cabana at 11 o'clock also at the monkey barrel 2 and dylan gott will be appearing on one of the shows august what day dylan August 6th, 11 p.m. Come to the show. Jack off in the back. Don't listen. Close your eyes. Jack Close off. Close your eyes, and at the, we'll know that we'll all know the show is over when we're covered in the viscous fluid of wrestling fans. Oh, it's more clear than it is uh, white. They must love pro wrestling. Not in your hand. Wait till the end. Colt Cabana, say, I want to buy one of your t-shirts. Then present them with your cum. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, when we say present, we mean I want you to blow it in his face. <laughs> Blow a load in his fucking face. Thank you for listening. Now back to what whatever we're talking about. Mmm. Ah, uh, just think they're talking. They're invading Afghanistan, and Stephanie is invading uh, China and Triple H's relationship with nice. her filthy patriotic vagina. Nice. So, do you want to give a little rundown of this? Is in 2012. China put this all on Twitter. It's also yeah, 2011 or 2012. She put this all on Twitter. She also did an interview with Howard Stern uh, in the early 2000s. Oh yeah, where she talked about how Triple H liked being pegged, which I have brought up a lot on this program. But my God, best interview ever. Now you listened to Howard Stern before me m much more than I. And did Howard Stern just have? 
a like talent agent that basically could sense when people were in crisis and just had them on the no, show? No, it's basically it just it was the thing with the no one talks about and why Howard Stern has remained so popular for so long is Howard Stern is one of the is one of the few things that is a guaranteed spike on any sort of sale. So you have an album you want to get to number one, you go on Howard Stern. You want a movie to go to number one, you go on Howard Stern. Penn Gillette of Penn & Teller had built into his contract. He had to appear on Howard Stern as much as possible when they went to Broadway because um, that sold that would sell the theater out. Yeah, How- Howard Stern was what was what Joe Rogan is now. Yeah, that's exactly correct. Joe, yeah, Joe Rogan is the new Howard Stern. Yeah, everyone's saying that he's the Tonight Show. He's not. He's he's Howard this Stern. weird thing. Yeah, he's this weird thing where it's his audience will just follow whatever the fuck he does. Like the man sells a product called Alpha Brain <laughs> to the point where it's like profitable. What does it do? I just think I'm in charge all the time, even though I'm a construction worker. <laughs> you, go into the basement. Me, go upstairs. Now we don't talk. Ma- Alpha brain. Alpha brain makes you not a cuck. <laughs> I won't have sex with my wife, and no one ever will. Alpha brain. Yeah. Um. here to penetrate. Um. So here is the thing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Mm, I come hard. I come quick. That's a t-shirt. That's what that says in the back. Yeah, come to pro, go, to, go to our page at prowrestlingtees.com. They've <laughs> it's just it's just a bunch of our nut on a t-shirt. You can't see it, it but it's, it's just there. photos of me and Dylan pre and post nutting. Not our faces. <laughs> just that weird like that weird throat muscle at the bo- at the at the uh, on the bottom yeah. half of your dick. So it shows it pre cum yeah. where it's like oh, engorged and pushed out and then immediately post cum where it's all drooped in. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, she also <laughs> yeah. sings a lot of songs with her brother that she also kind of kisses on the mouth and claims that isn't her brother and might uh, be her boyfriend. Yeah. Um yeah. which Dylan refers to as his favorite thing he's ever seen. But this was... Treat your brother like how I want to be treated by my sister, Dylan Whispers. Firstly, she called what's popular in pornography now. That's flat out. Also, has anyone else... There are a bunch of porn stars now calling out people that watch porn to be like, please stop watching it. It's so creepy That's for so us to funny. do. Which I am just like... That's so funny. Ladies and gentlemen, we have weirded out... How weird is 2019? Donald Trump is president, and we've weirded out porn stars. Yeah, porn stars are like, can we have a bit of time off here? Yeah. Remember when Remember when you just wanted to fuck your mom? <laughs> It wasn't this the time when Angelina Jolie start, showed up to a movie premiere with her brother and everyone was like, I think she fucks her brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, are you guys fucking? Yes. This is also the time when Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton had each other's blood in a necklace. Yeah. And she yeah. she sued him to get her blood back because he, he she was concerned her mom was a witch. And that relates back to wrestling because guess who Billy Bob Thornton grew up uh, next to? China. Pardon me? Can China? He, Terry Funk. Terry Funk and Billy Bob Thornton. The Thorntons and the Funks were neighbors in Amarillo, Texas. Terry Funk tells the story of that Billy Bob was a nice man, but he always tried to jack off dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's like, like he's just jacking off our terriers. <laughs> Basically the story that's, and you want to know who was jacking off that dog? It was Billy Bob Thornton. Nice family, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was just part of the job. You had to get the, you had to get the loads out of the dogs. Yeah. Wait. All right, Billy Bob, time to empty the dogs. Yeah. We call that poor man's milk. <laughs> that's good stuff <laughs> go ahead Dylan we'll be selling that August 6th Edinburgh unless that's already happened in which case good yeah so now um, the way China presents it at least is that she tells she gets a call from Vince or sorry she calls Vince and then the next day she shows up no one wants to talk to her and Vince basically said deal with it and I mean, that's kind of what the situation is, unfortunately. Like, yeah, man, you uh, got you you got fucking cucked, but uh, it's the boss that did it. So if you want to work at this company, you're just gonna have to fucking swallow your goddamn pride and grin and bear it because 
if this would have happened literally a year earlier, she would have got like a seven-year contract from Turner, not WCW, from Turner, and would have made millions of dollars well past the point that the company was over. But it didn't. It happened in 2001. So she just kind of has to deal with it. Imagine, imagine a China, China in a Vince Russo WCW. She would have been, she would have beaten Ric Flair one, two, three in the middle of the ring. And he would have tried to make, she would have been a champ. He would have tried to put the world title on her so many times that she broke Ric Flair's record in the seven months he booked. I guarantee <laughs> that's what would have happened. You replace, there would have. There would have been a storyline where there was a dildo on a pole match, and she would have won, and then she would have shoved it in Kevin Nash's butt, and then she would have next week come out and said, I'm a man now. And they would have just said, because she fucked a man in the butt, she's a man now. And then that would have been that would have been her character. <laughs> that would have been that would have been it. And then you're right, she would have won the world title enough to beat Ric Flair's record, and she would have also hold the tag titles for the whole time. Oh, uh, by herself. Uh, must be specified. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here are... All right, so here's something that China says where it's like, you feel for her, but I don't know if this is true. So this is a direct quote. He shows his daughter's happiness over talent. Maybe he should have, but this was business. Even if he didn't want me on the show because of the two of them, I couldn't have been a trainer for for up, of up-and-coming talent. I couldn't have done something else within WWE where I never would have had to run into or deal with Stephanie. Then to Black Mumbley and other ventures when excusable. This is where it gets crazy. Did you know that it was me, not Kristen Loken, who was supposed to be the female Terminator in Terminator 3? But Vince threw his weight around and basically everyone told me that if you want access to the wrestlers, then they couldn't deal with me. I don't know about that. Yeah, no, Vince McMahon would have definitely allowed her to be the female Terminator. Like, he would have been hard as fuck about that he would have been yeah i don't know that i just don't think that like she thinks that vince mcmahon has pull in hollywood and i just don't think no that's true. i don't think he does either i don't think that they wanted him as badly of um they didn't want I her i think as badly she did a screen or, test or what it was, was and it was bad yeah she did an audition and that's it because people forget this about uh, the Latino heat. Like, everyone remembers, oh, Eddie Guerrero and China had such good chemistry together. No, Eddie Guerrero was like, okay, so I got to do all the acting, and then she just stands there? All right, and that's what happened. Like, she's just very bad. She was not good on uh, screen. There's a reason why she was a bodyguard and only a bodyguard for so long. She's just, like, she was super popular because she's, like, obviously one of the most unique looks. We talk about it in the China episode, but, like, her and Goldberg and the Ultimate Warrior are three people that like changed the business basically through just standing there. Uh, Moosels. Exactly. Goldberg did the most, which is insane. Goldberg was clearly the best wrestler of those three. That's nuts. But like the three of them just had a lot of physical charisma and that was it. Couldn't cut a promo, couldn't wrestle, just looked like they would throw you through a brick wall. So that's it. And uh, she's been pretty much blackballed because she did the pornos. Yeah. Uh, China was. Cool. Um, and, you know, Stephanie's always been really, really um, kind of like classy about it. Just because he, she's obviously in PR, so she can't do the wrestler thing where she's like, I don't fucking care. She also won. Like, there's a, another reason why Triple she... Triple H wanted that good pussy. That's why yeah, he like, me. She's a McMahon, and also she won, so it's not like she can be like, you want to know why China's not here? Because she don't know how to suck a dick! And you know that she has said that in the back. Like, Billy Gunn said a crossword to her, and Stephanie McMahon got up on the bench that's in a locker room, dropped her trousers and underwear, and went, that's a pussy! Not hers! And then just <laughs> walked out of the room, and just as she got to the front door, she ran back and wet farted in Billy Gunn's face and went, leave it there, and then left. <laughs> what do you think would have happened? Let's say in there's an alternate universe where China does get in Terminator 3 and maybe her movie career takes off, not to the point of The Rock, but maybe to, like, she just gets some roles in some other Hollywood movies. Like a slightly lower than Batista level? Yeah, less than Batista, let's say. What do you think happens? Vince McMahon puts her. Vince McMahon gives her a ten-year contract, guaranteed. What it was really? is that they, yeah, a hundred percent. What it also, what is not mentioned is China started to have a bit of a problem with drugs, and it's the fucking WWE. Yeah, and she doesn't want to lose. That's the other thing. She doesn't want to lose to anybody. She doesn't want to lose to anyone, and also 
she's run its it's run its course. So there's not a new thing to reinvigorate yeah. her. If there had been, then she would have been hot to trot and sticking around. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero added like six months to China's career. That's what that was. And then the whole the China Eddie Guerrero thing basically was like this is the end of Eddie Guerrero and this is uh, this is the start of Eddie Guerrero and the end of China. Yeah, YOLO. Um. So, all right, let's do this, baby. Stephanie returns in January 2002. We ring in the Ooh. new year. When Triple H makes a comeback, uh, Triple H is a baby face, and Stephanie is not. Stephanie's acting like a naggy and clingy oh, wife. And this is so the, By the way, this is, this is, so is the beginning of the worst. This is the beginning of Triple H taking over and being the worst. Yeah, this is it. This is the start of the classic Triple H, let's do a 20-minute promo that is just... <laughs> Uh, yawn yawn this is everything they're doing is basically just like every guy who's not the champion doesn't like that chris jericho's the champion and they're pulling out every stop to make the show shit yeah they're um this is completely unchecked triple h because he's just put himself in the man family um he's the rock is doing movies now he's established as a movie star He's got one foot out the door, and Austin is like the last days of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's so injured at this point. This is when he's wearing like two knee braces and can barely walk. You know, he's still Stone Cold Steve Austin, but you know, he's clearly got, only got a couple, a couple months left on his uh, in-ring career. And now Triple H, this is so good because this is how Triple H sees himself as a babyface. It's crazy. So as part of the storyline, the couple divorced after Stephanie claimed to be pregnant in order to get trick Triple H into renewing the, vet <laughs> the wedding vows. <laughs> Triple H later discovered that she was lying. And uh, <laughs> Linda McMahon sent Triple H a tape showing the doctor they had seen about the pregnancy was an actor and left her at the altar in the renewal ceremony. During this feud, this is very funny. Triple H said, uh, Stephanie said, Triple H, I came up a little short in the bedroom. He's got a small dick. And then Triple H responded, even a 747 looks small when it flies through the Grand Canyon. That's because you got a big puss. <laughs> Which is on a what culture list of 20 best wrestling insults ever. And it's just something that Tom Arnold said about Roseanne. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> it's just, yeah. Yes! You stole a Tom Arnold joke, and you're like, such a sick line. Never forget, <laughs> Triple H called Mick Foley into a meeting because he couldn't understand why Mick Foley was doing stand-up comedy and not him because he's like, me and Sean are funny in the ring every night. Ab absolutely a true thing that's been discussed. At the I've, that is the moment like, you're like, oh, Triple H, he'll save the company. No, he'll be just as bad as Vince. There's so that No, this is the part where this is where they like – they do not, like you said, they don't like Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is the undisputed champion, but Chris Jericho is like winning by being pulled on top of his opponent every night. Like he never wins with his finishing move. He never even cheats himself. Like someone else cheats for him and then Chris Jericho's dead and is pulled on top of the rock. Like that's the thing that no one mentions about, oh, he beat Austin and the rock in the same night Chris Jericho did. Uh, he beat them because of Vince McMahon, like did the whole thing for him. So it like, you need there's the thing you can have a heel who um just who wins by cheating but they have to cheat by themselves like they have to be a threat in some way they can't just be like and then this piece of shit just fell into the gold it's very interesting actually but this is the type of heel the wwe has never been good about having wwe loves a chicken shit heel they're not good at a brazen fuck you this is how i fucking win i don't care about these fans and that's how you get the boo. The closest was The Rock in the beginning of the Attitude Era of the, this isn't sing along with The Rock. I did, I, like, I did what I can. And by the way, that's the type of heel that they need now in this fucking tweener generation, which is basically like Brock Lesnar in the UFC. Kind of like, I don't fucking like you people. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home and drink a Coors Light and lay on my wife. Still, best thing that's ever been said, yeah, exactly. said in the history of sports. That's great. Just a fucking rude dick. Which is, by the way, what Triple H was trying to do, but he was raised too well and is too much of a nerd. So his idea was like, I'm not going to go to the wedding ceremony. Ha, that'll give me some heat. And everyone's like, yeah, I wouldn't go either. <laughs> what if I show up and I uh, give them a uh, 
toaster instead of cash. Hey, hey uh, I guess what? Uh, I uh, went to Vince McMahon's house and I didn't use a coaster. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. I came in. Okay, so here's a vignette. Uh, I show up to Sean's house uh, and I just go into the fridge and get myself a Coca-Cola. <laughs> Don't even ask. <laughs> How rude. Don't even have a glass. <laughs> Just drink it in front. <laughs> but of course, don't leave the kitchen because food and beverage doesn't leave the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a slob. Anyway, do you think what do you what do you think Triple H's dick size is? Let's get into that. I'd say like a probably a normal six. No, I'm gonna go that it's a thick four. Okay. I think he's doing fine. It's big enough that it pleasures ladies and they're impressed with it, but it's small enough that he has a real complex about the showers. Like at some point, at some point, the Undertaker's looked at his dick and gone, "Hmm." Here's an easy way to do this. Why don't we just look up uh, Triple H when he was wearing uh, white tights? <laughs> I mean, go ahead. <laughs> All right, but here's what I do want to say because this was so they basically have made uh, Chris Jericho impotent. Now we talked about before how Triple H nixed he nixed uh the idea of kurt angle um of kurt angle going against stephanie because he was like well let's be honest here she would never choose him over me um he never actually wore white tights he just wore white boots yeah i'm i'm looking at that as well uh we got one in red tights i'm zooming in i gotta tell you i'm seeing nothing like there's no wisp of a package. Well, I mean, the thing is, the package could, with some people could be mostly balls. And uh, Triple H, I mean, Batista never showed. And apparently, he's got a big hog on him. So Yeah, Randy Who Orton knows? apparently only wears black trunks because then I'm quoting, I got a thick dick. He apparently said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Randy Orton's the fucking best. <laughs> Randy, yeah, Randy Orton. With each Randy passing Orton, year, I way, appreciate Randy Orton way more. Randy Orton is the last of the territorial wrestler. Every other wrestler's drinking a health <laughs> <shake>. <laughs> He's wearing an IZOD shirt smoking. Just referring to the new day as the end day, and the end doesn't stand for new, <laughs> and then standing up and going, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to fucking do? Ha ha! Ha ha! Yeah. Then he just yells the name of liquor. <laughs> Beach schnapps! Yeah. Falls asleep in the shower. Yeah. He's just handsome Barry Windham. Yeah. No, Barry, Win Barry Windham w is, is a nap. He's handsome Dick Slater. No, or... <laughs> Okay, so here's Trip. This is what Chris Jericho said because basically the poster for all the stuff was like Triple H big, Stephanie big, and then Chris Jericho far in the back. So what Jericho wanted to do was Triple H was hurt uh, when he came back. He was gonna Jericho was gonna say, "Dude, your wife's having an affair, and it's with Rob Van Dam." They show a video of uh, Stephanie making out with someone with a ponytail, and then he turns it's Jericho in a wig. Triple H turns around and it and fucking Jericho clobbers him, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty okay start to an angle. Triple H said, my character would never be so stupid as to fall for that and my wife would never have an affair on me. And that was it. Yeah. No, you don't understand. I'm too hot. No. And no. That's like, he basically he was like, no, my, which shows that like he never wanted to have any weakness. Yeah. At all. Of course. Like all of this sort of thing of always oh, a giving booker. No, he's bull. This, by the way, is the beginning of the end of the WWE's. Like, they made a giant misstep by turning, um, uh, by turning uh, Steve Austin into a bad guy at the end of WrestleMania 17. They compounded it by putting the company in the hands of Triple H and putting it on his shoulders. The thing with Steve Austin mm -hmm. is Steve Austin had opinions about his. Um, uh, about his character, and he wouldn't work with certain people, but his choices were fucking right on. No, I'm not working a match with Mark Marrow. That will diminish me as someone else put me with someone better. The idea that um, Triple H is going, no, I'm not working with Chris Jericho, who, by the way, those matches would have been phenomenal. Uh, I'm instead going to um, uh, work with no one and just hang out in white tight. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, he... Triple H really saw himself as the uh, next dude for that company, and in reality, uh, what should have happened was uh, like there were, he obviously squashed these people, um, but there were guys like this. There were guys like this uh, who were um, Rob Van Dam, 
your Booker T's, guys like this who were more over than Triple H, but Triple H just would not let that happen. And he didn't handle his character in a way where he could get other people over. Like, he loved... This is what everyone hated about Triple H, is he loved Ric Flair, but he never positioned himself like Ric Flair. You cut out at the end. There you go. Say what you just said again. He loved Ric Flair, but he never put himself over like Ric Flair. He never would show any weakness Perfect, thank you. Sorry, it cut out. It was good. He, was, he was the ultimate Ric Flair warrior. Yeah, and also it was he it's the weirdest thing of like for someone who's influenced by Ric Flair he took the weirdest things from the Ric Flair he's like I wear a suit um I win and I do really boring weird unenergetic promos that aren't fun or entertaining it's like no that no like you took the weirdest parts of Ric Flair's thing like yeah Ric Flair was known for short to the point promos losing basically every match and being very dynamic yeah. and a drunk guy. And he's like, nah, I'm going to be sober. And I'm... Uh... <laughs> yeah, he's everything. I, we said it a million times. He's a, he's cosplaying everything he ever wanted to be. He wanted to be... He loved the Four Horsemen, so he's Ric Flair. He's the cool parts of Ric Flair. He's the cool parts of Iron Anderson. And he also uh, has the Iron Cross on his trunks because he likes Motorhead. And Hitler. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he loved the First World War. <laughs> And uh, and he fucking um, Second World War. Hitler was part of the Second World no, War. No, but the Iron Cross was part of was the logo. For oh, the First I'm World Dylan. War. I know everything about history. That's how no one was creeped out by the fact that Lemmy Kilmeister had a lot of only German World War One paraphernalia. He, and I'm qu- I'm quoting now: the uniforms were cooler. Still not still not fine, Lemmy. Still not okay with that. Yeah, just hanging out with the stormtroopers. Um, yeah. And then he liked uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that's why he did all the roids, and he was lucky enough to be born 6'4", so he could look so purdy. But here's what I want to say. Stephanie is once again written off TV Baby. because uh, Jericho loses at WrestleMania to Triple H. Uh, the Triple H era has truly begun. That was the last wrestling I watched for a very long time when Triple H beat Jericho, just because I was like, well, if it's going to be this boring, count me out. Oh, it was awful. I yeah, also, this is also bad. when I stopped it, watching it. And Stephanie took a break. It was partly because they were, I think they're either, your plan, this is when they're getting married? Yes. Now, let's talk about their wedding. The wedding, by the way, was uh, Vince McMahon, when they told, when Stephanie told her actual father she was getting married to her actual husband, he said, we're putting it on pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, they said. It's because he's a carny. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> do you know any other fun things that happened at their wedding? Because I know one thing that I'm really hoping you don't, because I want to be able to tell it to you. Was it Michael Hayes saying like one song well and then the next five really badly, and people had to get him off the stage? You are misremembering it. He was supposed to not do anything and was told not to go near the microphone, and he would be in trouble if he did. Instead, he got up and gave a speech because he claims that Stephanie McMahon is his muse and the reason he still has a career. And then he sang three songs and the big show had to escort him off the stage. (laughs) I like that. All right, everybody, I just want to let you know that that woman getting married right there is the reason I'm still here. Ha, 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 ha. Let me tell you about Terry Bam Bam Gordy. He would have fucked you, Stephanie. <laughs> he would have penetrated your most holiest of areas, and I'm talking about your asshole because it's got a hole, too. All right, I'm Michael Hayes. <laughs> Who wants to drink some Jägermeister and then fuck a diva's world champion? <laughs> I cannot express this enough. Who here has just turned 18? Yeah, I just want to let everybody know that their unborn daughter, I got dibs on her when she turns 18. (laughs) For sure. For sure he said that. I'm head of creative and head of creative fucking. (laughs) 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 So, um, sorry. So this is the end of. Stephanie three. This is, by the way, the, we're going to do Stephanie was, by four. The way, Stephanie would never return to television after this. This was the end of Stephanie being an on-screen character. Because, oh yes, sorry. We should mention we should mention this because this is when she takes a full-time creative role on SmackDown. Yes. Because now they're doing the brand split because things happen very quickly in this company. Uh, that being because the invasion went so fucking weird, and now they're like, okay, well, we need Triple H to be our champ, 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 champ. 
So they done that, and now they're doing a brand split. So it's a, it's a lot happening at once. And Trip, Triple H also wants to, for sure, this is a great idea. I'm not even, he needs to get away from Stephanie as his, like, whatever. I mean, you know, flash forward fucking, you know, 17 years later, they're still tied at the hip. But the thought was that this time, Triple H needs to be on his own for a while, which is great. Uh, which is a great idea for characters, so no... No, uh, what do you call that? No disagreement here, baby. Uh, what's your favorite thing about Stephanie McMahon during this era, John Hastings? The times she went away. Yeah, she was bad. Yeah, she was awful. The, 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 we're getting... I, by the way, now hate Stephanie McMahon for the rest of this uh, arc of discussing Stephanie McMahon. I think she's a bad character. I think she's a bad business person, and I think she's a bad member of creative. She is way too much of a yes person to her father. I don't care what internal reports are saying. If you are an executive in that company, you need to be a dissenting voice. And some of the things that they do in the upcoming years, when she is the head of creative for this company, particularly towards women, she is the Judas of the pun pun when some of the stuff she's about to allow. <laughs> it's absolutely fucking egregious. Also, the invasion was shit, and she was very much a part of it. Also, like, like, fuck you, fuck your the, Triple H at this time. Also, goes right on the old shit list during his. The big thing where it's like, oh, Triple H is back. That's great. It was also you were in Madison Square Garden three months after 9-11. They were just excited someone was there that um, they recognized because it was probably a woeful, weird card. It wasn't exciting that he was a good guy. And what they don't talk about is they didn't use him as a good guy for very long. They turned him pretty quickly back into a bad guy because they're crap. Oh, I hate this time period in wrestling, and I hate Stephanie McMahon, and the best part were the moments she wasn't on television. I loved the commercial breaks of Monday Night Raw in these years. That was my favorite part. I think that Stephanie, uh, the best thing about her during this period is probably that she starts... Yeah. I don't know, man, because there's so much bad, because she... She's in the she's the focal point of the feud between Jericho and Triple H. So it's basically Chris Jericho is Stephanie McMahon's proxy. Like basically, they go, well, she can't really fight Triple H because she's so much smaller and a lady. So we need a representative for her, which is Chris Jericho, who never poses a threat to Triple H, and you never for one fucking second think that Chris Jericho is going to win, and. She comes in the invasion angle and ruins that. Like, obviously, it's going shitty to begin with, but she's, like, the final fucking nail in the coffin. And, like, if you want to play the spoiled brat character, like, that has a really long tradition of working really well. But she, I would say, is, like, only during this period a step better than Dixie Carter at playing it. Because, like, you want to play the spoiled brat character, you play it like Sonny did. Like, Sonny with the friggin' body donnas when she's getting slopped by the godwins and shit that's how you play this character she just inherently was good at it tammy sitch was whereas stephanie took a long time to become good at performing because she's not a performer this is the other thing it's just because she should she should have been used as the the damsel in distress during the undertaker era and then if she's going to work for the company have her go work for the company it's Vince McMahon's we the weird promoter disease of wrestling, which is, if I put my family on, they won't leave. Or how about this? You treat your yeah. fucking employees as employees. You sign them to actual contracts that can't be broken, and you treat them with respect. And when they gain a lot of power, you're unfortunately going to have to pay for that. That's that's the fucking way business wor uh, works. Or you create a machine that is always replenishing so you have options, as opposed to what especially the WWE does, which is... They get sort of maybe good at building someone that organically does it, and then they try to micromanage and control th that it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, okay, I know what the best thing about Stephanie McMahon was during this period is that she got married. Aww. That's good. That's really nice. She got married. That's nice. So, but the worst thing is, yeah, she everything she touched turned to shit. I'm going to say in particular her introduction as the head of ECW that... Oh, it was terrible. It was like, yeah, it was, I don't know, I don't know, they were like, they're reforming, uh, they're reforming Metallica, and the lead singer is Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> mm, what the hell is going on? Replaced Hetfield with Kravitz, let's go. Or no, not even. Kravitz sings, but Hetfield's just there the whole time, just playing, like, rhythm guitar. Can he sing? No. Kravitz. 
all the way. Oh, Black Sabbath's getting back together. Don't worry, Nick Carter and Nick Lachey are in it. Now. <laughs> Ozzy will be there just going like, I would sing, but they're doing a better job. Yeah. Oh, Limp Biscuit's gotten back together. Who's in it? The members of Corn. What? <laughs> that would actually be way sicker. Oh, man. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Oh, and Stephanie McMahon, if you're listening, get, invent a time machine and take yourself off television. You're a terrible performer and a bad person. The blood yeah, of China is on Stephanie McMahon's hands. <laughs> Learn to stay away from other people's relationships. Oh, no, I'm Stephanie McMahon. She likes to reverse cuck ladies, and she's doing that to the whole WWE universe right now with the product they're putting out. If the WWE bankrupts, what what job do you think Stephanie McMahon will get? I guarantee she works for a, uh, tries to get work in charities, and gets hired, and then they immediately Google her and look past page two and tell her to get the fuck out. No, oh, she's gonna get work for charities for the rest of her life. She's already pretty much transitioned out of the WWE stuff. Well, she's just the, she's just running their charitable wing because they're trying desperately to rehab their image. She's so rich, man. They're definitely gearing rich up people for sale. don't. Even if they go bankrupt. Yeah, like Harvey fine. Weinstein. He's just fine with all the rape because you were cool with him raping women, Dylan, because you love Harvey Weinstein. No, I'm not. No, if you're rich, you're fine. It's like the end of Wolf of Wall Street where it's like, he goes to jail, and then he goes, I almost forgot I was rich. And then he's just in this sick-ass fucking jail yes. where you can fucking smoke weed in jail, you know? So thank you very much for listening, guys. Next week we'll do Stephanie McMahon Part 4. That's her time as the SmackDown General Manager. And you can find us on Facebook, The Wrestler Review Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Sorry, Twitter and Instagram. Jeez, I'm a silly boy. Twitter and Instagram. At Wrestler Review, at Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. For any information about the Geo Double T, go to DylanGott.net. DylanGott.net. John will be in Edinburgh for the whole goddamn month of shitty fucking August. John, what's more about that? 9.30 every day, Monkey Barrel 2. Please, for the love of fuck, buy tickets. The show is good. Then at 11, I'm doing John Hastings' Cole Cabana. Watch comedy and commentary to bad wrestling matches. Go see it. It's the best. YOLO. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week. Fuck you.